to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. If you're anything like Sayla and me and believe that real estate investing is a great way to create passive income and build long-term wealth, check out our free apartment syndication due diligence checklist for passive investors at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Sayla and I created this checklist for ourselves as we evaluated different multifamily syndication opportunities as a passive investor. So we would love to share it with you so you can use it as a resource as well. Download your free copy today at bonavestcapital.com forward slash checklist. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Pratt, and today our guest is Ariel Diaz. He is the CEO of Trajan Commercial Real Estate. He and his wife, Claudia, oversee the day-to-day operations of their family-owned commercial real estate investment and consulting firm based in Miami, Florida. He has been practicing real estate for over 20 years with a specialty in analyzing commercial investment properties. So Ariel, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for your time today. It's a pleasure to be here. So Ariel, can you share a little bit about yourself and how you got started with real estate? Sure, absolutely. So I've been doing this, practicing real estate for a little over 20 years now. So I've seen the ups, downs, and pretty much everything in between. I started off as a property manager and a residential real estate broker. And little by little, I ended up doing, I really fell in love with multifamily and commercial real estate. And in 2014, my wife and I started our own company. We decided to go out on our own and see how it would turn out. And it was really good in the sense that at that time in 2014 here, I'm from Miami, Florida, the real estate market was really starting to pick up from the 2008, 2010 debacle. And it was just the right timing. And we kind of just took off from there. So I love to ask this question because we don't really get a lot of husband and wife duos who are working together in real estate. So as you guys are starting up to build up your own business together within real estate, how did that process look like for you guys? Well, it's funny. Well, we actually met at the workplace. So in that 2008, 2010 debacle, I ended up also selling life insurance. And at that time, we were working at a large insurance company. So we've been kind of working together ever since then. And it's just obviously there's uh, ups and downs, but at the end of the day, we know that when it's business time, it's uh, business time. And when it's you know husband and wife time, it's husband and wife time. But she's a great professional and she's absolutely the rock behind everything that goes on. So it's really fun, actually. Yeah, exactly what you said too. Like with me and my husband, it's like, you have to be very clear about when you're talking to each other, which hat are you wearing right now? Is it business time or is it husband and wife time? Because each of us takes it a little bit differently depending on which hat we're wearing. Yeah, luckily she has her own office and I usually work out of the house. And it's not only that, it's also, she has a twin sister that a couple of years back, we brought her in as part of the team too. So it's a true family business. And they also have that same relationship where they have to say, okay, is it business time or is it family time? And I think we're really good at that. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves, of course, but it's really great because 
at the end of the day, you have someone there that understands what you're going through as an entrepreneur, as a real estate investor, as a real estate broker. So even during husband and wife time, we could still talk about business and we could still talk about our clients and we could still talk about what's going on. And she completely is on the same page as me. So in that aspect, it really works out well. 24 access to your partner all the time. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so can you walk us through how you guys got started with commercial real estate, the first deal that you did, what did it look like, and maybe the results of what happened? Sure. So like I said, we started the real estate brokerage firm in 2014 together. She was working out at a larger firm because she also had gotten her real estate license. And then in 2014, when we started, we got into multifamily. We started selling multifamily properties. And like I said, it was really rapidly moving here. So we saw the appreciation grow. And then there was one particular client that asked us also to help them out with the property management. And since I had that previous experience, we went along with it. And then we also ended up helping that person uh, do some renovations and basically do project management. And at the end of that whole transaction, probably was almost, I would say just less than a year. It was probably like 10, 11 months. He ends up selling it. And of course he ends up selling it without us. So we found him the property. We had earned a commission at that point, but we did so much for him throughout that time period. And he sells it without us. And we kind of look at each other and we're like, we did a lot of work here. We helped them with renovating the property. We helped them with all this hard stuff. And we looked at the sales price that he sold it compared to the price that we sold it at. And we said, I think we got to get on the other side as well. So in 2016, we ended up purchasing a multifamily property. It was in pretty bad shape. And we took it over. We renovated it, kind of did the same process that we had done with uh, previous clients. And of course, now we're on the other side and it's a little bit more difficult than what we even thought because there's a lot of expenses that just keep on adding up, adding up, adding up. And at the end of the day, we got through it. And after the renovation, we were thinking about selling it when we decided, hey, this is kind of like our baby, you know, why don't we just keep it? So we ended up refinancing the property and it's worked out great and it's just cash flowing. And ever since then, we've kept on buying more properties and also doing the real estate brokerage and assisting other people to do the same thing. So you still hold that first property today? I do. Yes. Oh, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) And so for as you've been building up your business, what are you focused on now today? Well, right now, actually, what I was saying is now we're more helping out others to kind of do that same process. So we really enjoy the whole renovating, the whole operation side of the coin. But at the same time, little by little, as you start adding to your portfolio, you do realize it's very painstaking. and it takes a lot of your time. So we started figuring out ways how to kind of, I guess, delegate that part of the business. And little by little, we found out that there was actually operators out there that would go ahead and do everything and you could invest with them passively. So when we found out about that, we researched more and more about it. We were really trying to do that here in Miami, Florida, but the asset prices here just kept on going up and up and up. The cap rates were going down, down, down. So there was a huge compression on the cap rates. 
and the returns just weren't there. So it kind of led us to different markets. And now we found operators that are working nationwide and we are looking to not only invest with them, but also bring on other people to invest with us and that we could all benefit and reap the rewards of real estate. Which markets are you focused on now? Well, right now we're heavily interested in Arizona. And the reason from that is the main reason what, what I really love about it is that they cap out their taxes. So the real estate taxes get capped after 5%. So they can only increase 5% at a time. So here in Florida, it's actually 10%, you know, as an investment property, if it's not your homestead, but upon transfer, which is typically where we come in, you know, when you buy someone else's property, it could go up a hundred, 200%, you know, there is no cap, but not in Arizona In Arizona, they do cap that. So we really like that. Then the other cost, and I'm sure over there in California, you guys have the same with property insurance. So you guys have fires, we have hurricanes, and even worse than hurricanes sometimes are the public adjusters. And Miami is known for having a lot of fraudulent activities in reference to insurance claims. So our insurance rates have just drastically increased. So what we've been able to do is find another market like Arizona that the insurance is extremely low over there. And it's one of the lowest in the nations right now. And so when you mentioned that you invest with other people and you bring other people to invest with you as well, how did you get that conversation rolling and introduce the other investors to who you decided to partner with? Well, good. So what we ended up doing is we ended up getting SEC, you know, Security Exchange Commission attorney and creating a fund. And with that fund, you're allowed to have other individuals invest as limited partners. And then that fund itself, the money that we collect in there, we end up investing into a sponsor's investment. And that's pretty much how we end up doing it. So do the investors already know what properties are available in the fund? Or is it once the fund is capped, then you start to look at properties to invest in? That's a good question because when people hear fund, they usually think it's multiple assets or multiple investments that are going into that fund. And the way that we're doing it, at least currently, and there's no right or wrong way of doing it, but what I found that my investors like, they like it when it's a single purpose investment or a single purpose vehicle, which means that just that fund is raising money for a property that has already been identified. We've done the due diligence for that property and that we already know what the returns are going to be, or at least the performed returns are going to be for that specific investment. So it has its pros and cons. The pro about it is obviously it's just that one property. So the investor knows exactly what they're going to be investing in. The con is that typically when we reach out to the investors, it's like, okay, we got to get the money in three, four weeks from now. You know, So it's like they got to make a decision quickly, but they understand that. And that's why it's important to just constantly be in front of them and letting them know, hey, we're working on a property or we're working on investment and kind of explain them how that whole process will look like. And then once you do do that, they understand that it's like, okay, look, here's the information, but I need an answer pretty much the next two weeks. And so how does the communication look like between your investors who are investing in the fund, you, and then your sponsors? Okay. Well, in reference to like the communication with the sponsors, they typically email us all the information, but obviously I've established a really good relationship with them. 
and we visited them. We've seen their office. We've seen the different properties that they've already invested in before. So we've gone out to lunch a couple of times. So it's just a simple phone call and we communicate that way. But there's also the possibility to have what they have is an investor portal. And you could just go on to the portal and see all the information that's on there about that property. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us, because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. So for an investor who's the first time investing in some type of fund like this, right? Can you walk them through top overview, what it is, how does it typically work and what does it look like in terms of being able to pull out your money, returns, what they can expect when they're investing in some type of fund like this? Sure. Good question. That's something that a lot of the people ask. So I'm glad that you're asking that. Yeah. So basically what we do is we give a five-year expectation. Now, of course, that time frame can vary, but typically, I guess most people don't understand is that the sponsors, they want to get in there and get out, right? So they want to buy the property. What they want to do is increase the net operating income. And there's several ways of doing that. And then they want to sell that property because that's how they really make money. So the investor is going to be putting in that money into the investment and they will start receiving returns typically in that year, okay? And the way that we do it, we do quarterly distributions. And the sponsor on previous deals, even though obviously you cannot dictate what's going to happen in the future with these past performances, have been able to give back the full return, the capital investment of the investor plus the returns, typically within two to three years. So we always give them a time frame of five years, but also let them know that there is a potential that within three to five years, the property will be sold and that they will get the most portion of their return at that moment in time. And one of the big things on investors' mind also is you mean, the tax benefits of investing in real estate. If you're investing in a fund, do you also get to participate in the tax benefits that you would typically see in a normal purchase? Yeah, you do. Actually, you get to the best thing, what I feel is the best thing about real estate, right? What I think Uncle Sam kind of gave us a good excuse to invest in real estate. And that's the other thing. People don't realize that the government actually wants you to invest in real estate. And the way that they show that to us is that they allow us to take out depreciation. Now, I don't know if I'm assuming the people that are listening to this podcast understand depreciation, but just in case, the basic low-level explanation of what depreciation is. It's just people have to understand there's an actual income that you receive and then a taxable income that you receive. So what depreciation is, I call it a phantom expense. 
It's an expense that only is seen in the lens of the IRS, right? So if you make $200,000 of that investment, but there's $100,000 in depreciation, you are only taxed on $100,000 instead of that $200,000. So hopefully that makes sense. And then the only reason why they give us depreciation is because a long time ago, they said that the building, not the land, because land doesn't depreciate, but the building, the structure that's on top of that land can depreciate. And they just came out with a number just out of the blue. They said, okay, for commercial properties, it's 39. And for residential or multifamily properties, it's 27 and a half years. So you could depreciate that. And if you have a really good CPA, which I'm not a CPA, but I associate with really good ones. And if you find a really good one, they'll know how to do different, to use that depreciation in different ways where they can even depreciate it faster than that. So. And as an entrepreneur yourself, what has been the biggest challenge that you've faced so far? Well, there's thousands of challenges, but you know, <laughs> I wanted to come back to that last question right quick. In the Inside the fund, when you invest, you're going to be getting returns. But at the end of the year, you get a K-1. So because of this beautiful thing called depreciation, we will, or you will see on that K-1 that you potentially have a loss on that K-1, but you've had actually received returns. So I just wanted to mention that. But in reference to your last question, there's constant obstacles and there's constant things that you have to go But Can you repeat it again, just so that I can answer it? Yes. What is the biggest challenge that you've faced so far as being an entrepreneur? Right. So the challenges, there's just being an entrepreneur is a tricky thing. And one of the challenges that you get is obviously dealing with the IRS, <laughs> dealing with the day-to-day operational things. So that's the challenges. But again, like I said, you can either be on the good side of Uncle Sam or on the bad side of Uncle Sam. And as an entrepreneur, you tend to be on his good side. And as a real estate investor, he really, really likes you and he gives you things like depreciation and things like that. So it's just, I don't consider it challenges. I just consider it different obstacles that we have to go through in life that anyone has to go through. And then you just have to figure out ways to persevere it. But I mean, when you invest in real estate, there's like a thousand things that could go wrong, right? I mean, like in that first deal that I was talking to you about, I remember that also we had to get uh, the tenants started complaining about termites, even though we had done a termite inspection before purchasing it. And next thing you know, we had to actually evacuate the building and we had to pay for the tenants for a period of time. I think it was like a weekend. We did it like on a weekend and we told them, hey, go to like the little hotel next door, you know, nearby. And we actually had to pay them to evacuate the building while that was done. So that was a huge challenge. Luckily, we had a lot of reserves and we were able to go through that. But I mean, every day is a challenge. And so for you, Ariel, what is next for you and what are you looking to focus on next? Well, I'm really looking to educate people on this beautiful game that we call real estate and bring awareness to people of why they should be investing in real estate. And one of the ways I'm doing that is I'm in the process of writing a book and it should be out soon. Definitely in December, it will be out. And it's just a little bit about people always ask me questions about real estate. I've been doing this for a long time. And so friends, family, or even clients are constantly asking my opinion, trying to pick my brain. So I figured, let me just write a book the way that I see things. 
And I named it the four pillars of real estate because it's based on the four main principal foundations of real estate, which of course is amortization, appreciation, cash flow, and good almighty depreciation. Awesome. Well, that's very exciting, especially writing a book that takes a lot of time and effort on the author's part. So congratulations on this huge effort. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. And what I'll do is anyone that's listening can get a free copy when they go to pillarsofrealestate.com and they could go in there and be able to get a coupon and they'll get a free copy when it's available. Awesome. Thank you for that. Just put there that they found me on this podcast. Absolutely. Thanks, Ariel. So how has real estate investing impacted your life so far? Well, I mean, real estate investing is an amazing thing. It allows you not only to impact your life you know, financially and to find independence, but it also allows you to affect the lives of others because you are basically responsible for the lives or where people are calling their work, you know, in reference to like, if it's a retail or an industrial property or commercial office building, these people are going there to make a living. And if it's a multifamily property, they're actually living there. So it's up to you to keep it nice, clean, well let you know, the security done well. And so real estate gives you a sense of pride and investing in it is just, it's been amazing, I feel. What is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? That's a good one. I come back, I wish I would have bought more. <laughs> I just wish I would have understood that appreciation is a real thing. And every time I look back, there's so many times that I didn't purchase. And I look back and I said, man, I should have purchased that. Maybe I was a little bit too conservative. Not that you shouldn't be conservative when investing in real estate, especially when we're coming to the end of a cycle. But I wish I would have bought more. And what is one thing that sets the successful people apart in the real estate investing? What sets them apart? I think it's just when someone has that grit, that tenacity just to move forward. And there's so many unknowns in real estate, but the truth is there's so many unknowns in life. There's so many risks that can happen in investing in any other type of investment. So I think the people that really excel are the people that are able to analyze that risk and really know that in no investment will there ever be risk-free, but with real estate, you can definitely mitigate that risk. And if you know how to mitigate that risk, then you'll be successful. So Ariel, as you've been building up your business and your education base, is there any tool or resource that has been the most beneficial to you so far? Well, the best thing I found, I've done a thousand different educational courses. I'm constantly looking how and to improve. But one of the most, uh, the biggest struggle or the thing that I found, I guess, challenging, like you had mentioned before, was going through getting my CCIM designation, which is Certified Commercial Investment Member. And I found it, I mean, from day one in that first class that I took, it was, I really thought that it set everything apart and that... I was really going to be able to use this information and apply it. Now, I don't think that everyone should go and get that CCM designation, but you could definitely take some of their courses. And I think it was really great. But the other challenge was also we had to build a portfolio. And of course, I didn't do it alone. I went with my wife. You know, so I said, if I'm going to do it, you have to do it. So Claudia ended up getting her CCM designation as well. And we had to build up a portfolio 
of properties that we had sold. And that was very challenging. Yeah. What a great accountability partner. <laughs> yeah, no, it was fun. So Ariel, thank you so much for coming on the show today. And if our listeners wanted to find out more about you, where's the best place that they can go? Yeah, just go to my new website, pillarsofrealestate.com. And you can find out all the information that you want there. And like I said, we'll offer you, if you let us know that you came from this podcast, that we'll offer you a coupon to my new book, The Four Pillars of Real Estate. And you can always reach out to me there. Awesome. Thank you so much again, Ariel. It was a pleasure. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate. We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifestcapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.